What is up, everyone? Happy holidays. It, we got a festive edition of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. It's your hosts, Blaine Spencer and Joe Ciccoletti. Joe, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you. It's been a week and a half. How you been? Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Jingle all the way. We're doing great. A lot, a lot of football going on. Going to be heading up to the New York Giants game. Week 17 against the, against the Eagles. Yeah, it's not going to be a good one. But I uh, got tickets to that, so I'm excited about that play. Um, but everybody's doing good. We had a good holiday, and that's all that matters. So I hope to say to you and your family as well. Appreciate it. We did. Uh, first time in a long time, the whole fam. And if you don't know me already, I've got a massive family. There's seven of us total. So the seven of us, we're all in the same room for the first time in a long time. Been over, Been about a year since we'd all been together. So it was kind of nice to have that. Quick question. What is your go-to Christmas movie? I just got it. Uh, Home Alone tip. That's so ironic because my sister put that on on Christmas and we, my whole family was talking trash that she wouldn't put on the original. <laughs> uh, no, like either one's fine with me. Like I love one and I love two, but like two's just like New York relatable, at least to, to me, you know, in the area, like it, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Right, that's fair. That's fair. What about I guess. You? Oh, you know, I'm a classic. I'm a classic claymation guy. All about those retro classics in the 70s, baby. Year without a Santa Claus. Year without okay. a Santa Claus. If you have if you've seen it, it has the the middle of the 45-minute sh- movie has the greatest five minutes of all time with so Snow Miser and Heat Miser singing. <laughs> Cause they- I could sing you the whole song right now. But he's Mr. White Christmas. He's Mr. Snow. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. That's good. It's hilarious. You have their little minions are around them fucking singing is awesome. I will say a newer one that did just come out that we do watch pretty frequently is Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. Very Ooh. good movie. Very good movie. I want. Did you have you tried the new Santa Claus TV show yet? Uh, I didn't watch this year's. I watched last year's. It wasn't bad. It's it okay, okay, right? Now, yeah, the movies are just too genuine. I think, and they're just trying to hold on to that timeline. Yeah, I mean, to now so bad. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right. All right, I had to get off the train there a little bit. Um, but you know, here we go. Let's talk. Um, let's talk some football. Little interesting week that took place. Uh, that had we had some marquee matchups across the board, headlined by a Christmas Day night game that turned into a bit of a bust. And that was the AFC leading Baltimore Ravens versus the NFC leading San Francisco 49ers. And that turned into a Baltimore Ravens route. It was 33 to 19. Brock Purdy threw four INTs. There were five interceptions overall. The Ravens defense played absolutely lights out. And the Ravens really didn't have to kind of get out of second gear the whole night because their defense showed up on the defensive side. Offensively, Lamar played okay. People say that he was they played elite. I don't know if he, I wouldn't put elite in that time frame, but very solid outing, 23 of 35, 252, two tutties, and he had 45 on the ground. I think the storyline is 
is Brock Purdy, though. Four interceptions, really couldn't find a rhythm. He made one INT on that first drive that Kyle Hamilton made a play on in the end zone. And then after that, he really was all out of sorts. The Ravens really had his number. Your takeaway. Uh, Ravens defense has played really good ball. They're looking like one of the elite squads um, coming into the postseason, coming to the playoffs. I mean, four INTs speaks volume for them, and let alone the pressure that they got on to Brock Purdy and uh, kind of overtook this offensive line that has been one of the best offensive lines in the league to protect Mr. Brock Purdy. Um, yeah, so you're just going to have – sometimes you're going to have outings like this. It just gets the best of you, right? Like, he's been – Mr. Consistent, to say the least, he's been able to complete the ball, you know, what, 29 touchdowns, I think seven picks or six picks, very minimal. Um, but Baltimore's defense came through and pulled through and uh, gave the Baltimore Ravens some really good field positions on the offensive side of the ball. And that's what Lamar was able to do, kind of work his way down the field and score tutties and get this team to the victory. Uh, but once again, San Fran on the flip side, I mean, CMC was able to dominate the game at over 100 yards once again on the ground, still able to catch balls out of the backfield, still got a touchdown. So came down to the, you know, Purdy just not playing well. And that's going to be the recipe for the Niners to, you know, kind of beat them is you're going to have to have Purdy beat you. Obviously, McCafferty's going to get his. I mean, you just know it. Like this game you saw here, 100 yards he got and had 28 also in the receiving end. So, how else are you going to beat the Niners? Well, you just got to limit McCaffrey as best as you can and hope that you could make Purdy make mistakes, and that's what Baltimore did today, or Sunday, Monday, Monday. <laughs> Monday. Joe, quick question. Do you think this was more of a bad sign for the 49ers or just a bad game? It's just a bad game for them. I mean, they've been playing really, really stout. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, being the Eagles, being Seattle, and uh, they played last. I forget who they played last week. Arizona, um, Arizona. So they beat they beat some quality teams, you know, in Seattle and the Eagles. Um, obviously, this game was pretty hyped up coming um, coming on Christmas Day. You know, top of the AFC, top of the NFC, potential Super Bowl preview. And, uh, yeah, sometimes you just get smacked in the face sometimes. Sometimes it happens. That's what happened to the Eagles when they played San Fran. Dallas got smacked versus them when San Fran played them. So, you know, it just it happens sometimes when you play against good teams like this. And uh, I expect them fully to bounce back next week and, and then the following week. I agree. Well, they play Washington this week. So take a – Take San Fran on the spread, whatever that's going to be. Whoa, hold on <laughs> When Jacoby Brissett has been in the game, they have scored five a touchdown five. every job. Every five, five possessions, five tutties. So I would hold the horses a little bit. All no, right, this is the, the it's, the, it's the Chase Young revenge game this Sunday. All right, he might oh. have four. He might have three and a half sacks by himself. He might <laughs> lead the league after <laughs> after this. So. <laughs> No, um, I, I agree. Bad g game that just took over for Brock Purdy. I think after that first one where he threw it a little late over the middle where he had a touchdown, and then there was also two great plays by Baltimore's defense. That Stevens on that screen pass just comes out of nowhere and taps that up for an INT that Humphrey got on a jailbreak blitz. And then the Patrick Queen one was an also tip ball, so – Nothing to be alarmed at. I think one thing that I was kind of surprised about was how pass-heavy San Francisco opened that game. 
McCaffrey really didn't get his touches until that third drive. Luckily, there was still no harm, no foul at that point of the game, but it did lead to that opening turnover and then then have, getting the ball back and getting held to a field goal that the, because they were so pass-heavy those first two drives. But again, like you said, bad game, more or less. Another bad game, I think this one actually more is more of a bad sign, and that's what's going on in Kansas City right now with an absolute dud that took place in that Christmas Day opener with the Las Vegas Raiders going into Arrowhead, two defensive touchdowns. Aiden O'Connell didn't complete a pass after the first quarter, and they still come away with a victory, 20-14. to 14. Patrick Mahomes looked completely out of the works. The Chiefs were yelling at each other on every other possession on the sideline. It's Mahomes, Kelsey, Reed, everyone was going at, after each other. And two defensive Raiders touchdowns, one fumble recovery and one pick six, ends up being the ultimate difference in this one. Joe, are the Kansas City Chiefs still a actual contender in the AFC? Yeah, absolutely. As long as you have Patrick Mahomes under center, they are still a contender in the AFC. It doesn't matter to me there. Um, I, I feel like they are hitting a low right now, a low of low, and they're kind of a shock right now. And, and that's why you saw that in that game against the Raiders and them arguing with each other, this, that, and the other thing. You know, first off, it was a divisional game. Anytime you play your divisional foes, they know you best than any other team, right? So you're going to have games like this. There's games where the Eagles will end up playing the Cowboys, and one could suck and the other one could be great, and boom, all of a sudden the Eagles lose that game. Same thing with Washington. There are going to be times Washington plays the Cowboys. Cowboys win one game. All of a sudden Washington wins the other, and you're like, how did Washington win that game? Like, they should have never won that game. It's a divisional game. It's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. But the only problem I do see with all of this is they have now kind of done this the last couple weeks now. They haven't had some big statement wins, right? Every game, it's like kind of close, and they keep themselves in the game. They're not blowing people out like they were earlier this year and or last year now. And I think we're starting to finally see – the difference of like not having that wide receiver one out there, you know, Travis Kelsey's getting absolutely doubled on every single play, especially right. these last six games. Um, they're not really able to run the ball as efficiently as they were at the beginning of the year. Um, their defense doesn't look like it's getting as much pressure as it was at the beginning of the year or last year. So you're starting to see some like signs of this Kansas city and the repercussion. Now you're starting to see, of Mahomes' contract potentially taking form fitting here as well. So, you know, what what are they going to do this offseason, um, you know, with all that being said? But they got to come to the playoffs first. And I, I still think they're, you know, top three AFC team, you know, in this in this league, right? They're, as long as you have Patrick Mahomes, he's, he's the number one quarterback still out there. And, uh, you know, as long as they have Travis Kelsey, who's healthy, can still catch the ball, I think this team still – is destined for a run and can still make it to the Super Bowl if possible. Let me kind of rephrase now what I'm going to say next. I Will they be a favorite in any of their games moving forward? Because now this is going to be the first time that it is not no longer going through Arrowhead. They might get that. They're going to get that one home game and then they got to earn it with two on the road. 
Um, yeah, I would think so. I think week one, as long as it's not Buffalo, they'll probably be favorite. As it's starting to look, it looks like it'll probably be Cleveland or Buffalo, it looks like. It, yeah, I mean, it could be Cleveland, it could be Buffalo, it could be the Colts, it could be Houston. I think if it's the Browns, if it's the Bill, if it's the Browns, if the Colts or Texans, they'll be favored. If it's the Bills, it could be dicey. Like, I'm not really too sure. Right. Um, but, you know, for me, like, I still think Kansas City's better than four or five teams that are going to make the playoffs still. In that okay. AFC, I think I think they're better than the Jaguars. I think they're still able to beat the Browns, especially if they're home. If they're away, it would be a little bit different, right? Um, I think the Bills could potentially be right at their level. Like I think they're an even match. I think the Colts or Texans, I, I would still give it to Kansas City. Um, I think Ravens, I'm going to give it to the Ravens and Miami. Like I just don't trust Miami just yet. Like I know I was still hyped on them, still hyping on the Super Bowl train. I'm all in for it, but. Um, I, I just if you, if Mahomes goes to Miami, like eh, there's there's a lot of experience behind Mahomes and playing an atmosphere like this where mm-hmm. you know Tua really hasn't had that experience yet in the NFL. So what is that going to happen? How is Miami going to react to that? Like yes, they they are one of the most electric offenses that we have seen in some time, and their defense is really starting to step up over the last couple of weeks. But I think playoff experience really speaks volume according to me you know and, and being able to win games like that and I, I think Mahomes um can really show you that in the playoffs here no I think that's a fair assessment I think 100% if it's not Buffalo they will be favored at home ironically enough if we've got a major matchup that we'll talk about later with Miami and Baltimore squaring off which basically is the number one seed game for this moving forward as Miami plays Buffalo at Baltimore this week. So if they oh, – did okay. I say Buffalo by accident? I might have yeah, said you Buffalo. said Buffalo. I'm like, number one, see, I'm like, wait, hold up. Like, I don't think that Sorry. makes sense. Sorry, I'm Baltimore. Like... I meant Baltimore. Yeah, okay, okay. I, I'll eat my words. I uh, I screwed up there. Um, It's the California weather. It's just changing me, you know. It's just it's, it's bringing yeah, too much lame. of a sweat trying to think, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, it's not cloudy anymore. Like, it's all late now. <laughs> It's frigid in Salt Lake. I checked the weather. <laughs> um, but yes, Miami, Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore still kind of controls their own destiny, whether or not Miami wins that game. Um, it turns into a tie, but then Buff Miami will still have to play Buffalo in that second week. And if Miami loses this week and Buffalo beats New England, like I think everyone's gonna assume, right? Buffalo and Miami are playing the division, playing for the division down in South Beach. So it could be absolutely vice versa where Buffalo gets the home game and Miami's the one going to Kansas city. So still a lot to kind of be figured out in that, in the AFC, but I agree. Kansas city still a pretender. They've got the greatest quarterback in our league right now in Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's perfectly segue to uh, South beach as the Miami dolphins held off. The Dallas Cowboys went on a game winning drive there to kind of get it done with a game-winning field goal by Jason Sanders. Dallas kind of hit or miss. It was a kind of a funky game. We kind of thought it was going to be a shootout, really turned into more of some smash-mouth football, which is not known for both of these teams, with uh, Dak Prescott throwing for 250 yards, Tua threw for 293. 
CD was absolutely electric for the first quarter. And outside of that, he kind of cooled off, turned into a 22-20 game. I think this was more of a uh, sign that showed once again that the Dallas Cowboys are a team that is not the same team in Jerry World, right? The numbers statistically significantly drop when it comes to their production on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. In Jerry World, they are averaging 30-plus points, and on the road, it is just over 20 points. And they are a completely different team. Joe, good Dolphins or bad Cowboys? I don't think the Dolphins look good either this week. Um, It looked like a bad-on-bad type of week, you think? Yeah, like, it was just like both teams, like, didn't want to win, right? Like, it was just – it got scrappy in that second half. It was just a weird game, like you just said, like – the first half was Cowboys were, like, on a roll, right? CD scored right off the bat. Um, he looked incredible. And then all of a sudden, like, he didn't get a target until, like, the end of the third quarter finally mm-hmm. after that. It was it was kind of weird where, you know, Miami was like, all right, we're going to try to run the ball. Then it's like, all right, now we're going to pass the ball. It's like it was, it was a very odd game. Like, it was, it was very weird going on. And, and it felt like the Dolphins would drive down and be like, and then they'd stall out, and then Sanders would have to kick a field goal. And then they drive down and stall, and Sanders would have to kick a field goal. I think Sanders kicked, I think, four field goals on the day or something of that nature. Um, so it was a very odd game. But I, to say it was good or bad, like I, I guess they're going to say bad Cowboys because I don't think the Dolphins look good at all, um, you know, on that game. But, um, but like you said, like they're a completely different team away away from Dallas they are a completely different team they do not look the same and truthfully enough like they need to be gunning for that NFC East title and I know they're have to hope essentially for the uh, Eagles to lose either to Arizona or now the Giants in week 17 to make that happen Um, but if they have to go somewhere and I said this a little bit I think I said this last podcast or it's not the one before like if Dallas has to go on the road against one of these NFC South teams may it be the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe the Falcons or the Saints. Like it, I think they're gonna win the game, but it's not. It's gonna be a lot closer than people think. Like the spread's gonna come out. It should be like eight, ten, twelve. It could be, and like they're only gonna win by like three or four. I got a feeling just because they are a completely different team on the road compared to home. Oh no, I wholeheartedly agree. Right and right now, it would be the Tampa them going to Tampa Bay, and I don't think that's. A guarantee, right? Especially with the way Tampa's really playing these last couple weeks, too. Tampa Bay has kind of kicked it into a nice solid gear as these last couple weeks against Atlanta. And then, um, oh my gosh, who they just beat? It's going to bother They just me. beat uh, Green Bay. They no, just beat Jackson, the Panthers, they just, they just and murdered they just the Jaguars. Yeah. Murdered Jacksonville. Um, so I think, like you said, right? On the road, it's going to be a completely different type of game. And they're going to play on grass. And in Florida, you don't know what the weather's going to look like, right? It turns into a muck fest. That favors Tampa Bay every night of the week, right? For Atlanta, if it's Atlanta, that kind of probably favors Dallas because it is in a dome, right? It is still kind of has that home field feel with playing in a dome and on turf. So that doesn't mean Atlanta's going to be electric, though. We got to go Hein- back. Taylor Heineke is kind of the, the next Messiah. No, we're, out there we're, we're out on the Atlanta, but let's go back to Tampa Bay. And you said if it turns into some rain, it's a muck fest. No, that it goes wholeheartedly to the Dallas Cowboys because Tampa you Bay think, cannot, you, you Tampa think Bay a cannot run the ball. They cannot run the ball at all. 
I have watched every almost every single game from Tampa Bay because I am a Richard White owner in many fantasy leagues. <laughs> and they cannot run the ball at all. I think I think he's averaging like three yards a carry, but like that's all he gets. He doesn't like I think he only gets one or two runs that are actually over seven yards a game. All his stuff that he does is catching the ball out of the back. That's all he does. That's that's why he's running back number five. They cannot run the ball at all. They are a terrible run team. Terrible. So it goes completely to Dallas. Even though Pollard has not been playing well at all, at least he can get you 60, 70, 80 yards on the ground. You don't think White could get that? No. No, he is a – it's not even him. It's just the offensive line and the play calling is horrific for Tampa Bay. I, 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 still, I, don't, I still don't trust Baker, so I ha, I had to say it's got to be a run type of game because I think Baker – The problem is, is who, do you, it's who do you trust less to – who do you trust less, Baker or Dak? And they both, you're like you – know, right? <laughs> it's neither. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, all right, like – who are you going to trust out there? Well, I guess I'm going to trust Dallas because their defense is slightly better, I guess, than Tampa Bay. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. So you just got to roll roll with the punches there. That's a fair statement. How, how about uh, how about your ATL, though, keeping it tight and giving yourselves an opportunity, huh? Whoop-de-doo. Whoop-de-doo. Yo, yo, Taylor Heineke, the Messiah, should have kept him in Washington. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're just, we'll keep it moving on. They beat a good Colts team. You, know, you did. You bullied. Them. You bullied them. Yeah, we we got a good win. They were actually able to use their skill position players. Kyle Pitts had a touchdown. Bijan looked good. Drake London made a couple catches. Yeah, they looked good. You, but... You've you've given up on your team, haven't you? I mean, look, like, do I want to make the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, but like, they don't really have a shot. Like, Tampa Bay's got to go into Saints. The Saints have to win. Then Tampa Bay plays the Panthers again. Like, I mean, the Panthers are gonna win, lose that game. And well, Justin Fields, and you guys get Justin Fields against his hometown team. His hey, pe- now. hey now, he might be coming. He might be in Atlanta back the next year. So, might you might have to beat him and be like, "Hey, come on over. We need a quarterback." <laughs> yeah, we yeah we need we need one bad. We need one bad yeah. buddy. So we need one bad bad. So, oh boy, right. um, Blade, I got you a pick question a game. for you. Here. All right, no, um, I no, I don't want to pick a game. I got a question for you here. You got oh, three God. teams in the NFC right now. That are sitting at eleven and four. Okay. Okay. With now that smack that San Fran just took, are they still number one for you? Oh, still unequivocally my number one team. But still, like still I still think there. there's a gap. I still think there's a gap. Baltimore had their number on Monday night, and after that first, honestly, the game completely changes if the Niners score on that drive instead of throwing a pick. I think that turns into a Niners blowout, not a Ravens blowout if they score. That one that first possession completely altered how that game went. Okay. All right. And then there's a gap. So who's in that second gap now? Is it still the Eagles? Is it still the Cowboys? Remember last time we talked, it was it was a lot closer then. Uh I'm actually gonna pick neither of those teams and I'm rolling with Detroit. Wow, the Lions. I am I I am I am buying stock on the Jared Goff train. It's definitely because I'm 30 minutes from Berkeley and I'm <laughs> right now and he's a Cal alum. But you know, no, I think 
I think for Detroit, if they somehow get this one seed, this changes the entire outlook of the NFC picture. I really do. I don't I don't think they will get the one seed, but now it's not as far fetched as right as we thought. We all thought that the Niners would kind of pull away. Now the right now the Eagles hold the tiebreaker due to conference record, I think, over Philadelphia over Detroit, but Philadelphia ha- continues to not look like a good football team right now. They can for a team based off of the standard, right, of like Super Bowl contender. They continue to confuse me on a week in, week out basis. Like Tyrod Taylor, after Tommy, our guy Tommy DeVito got cut basically in that second half, basically said, Brian Dable's like, You're done. You're done. And you're done. done. Go back to making pizzas and chicken cutlets, Tommy. And Tyrod Taylor had an opportunity there to tie that football game um, on the last play of the game. Got down, got them down to the 25-yard line and had a legitimate shot to make a play there. The Eagles defense completely inconsistent. And then you heard it. If you watched that game, the Boo Birds were raining down in Philly in that third quarter because – they get they got they're getting so frustrated of what they couldn't do. And then they Jalen made that third and 23 play and they went down and scored a touchdown to AJ. And then they're all like, this is we don't know what we're getting on a on a day in, day out basis with this football team. Yes, you're winning games. You're squeaking by. But now I think them winning has become honestly their Achilles heel. That they're not actually learning from the mistakes that they're getting getting in these games right you're winning tight games you're finding ways to win everyone was like early on including myself yo that's championship grit right but they are still having the same mistakes every game and we can't figure out why that's happening after especially getting blown out back-to-back weeks by san francisco and dallas then you squeak by, and then drew lock you know locks in baby Gets a little dub action on a last second drive in Seattle. (laughs) And then you host a Christmas Day game and New York takes them down to the wire, right? It's a divisional opponent. So like like Joe, you just said, you don't know what you're going to get in those games. But it's the same old Philly that we've seen this year. Luckily, they have Arizona, who basically is playing for nothing. But that Giants game in New York, where you're going... That might actually turn into a football game with some meaningful action, especially up there in East Rutherford. Mm-hmm. So, so you got Niners, Gap, Lions, Gap. Lions. Then, no, I I would put the Lions, Eagles, and Cowboys all in the same tier. All right, all right. Now. But I would go. Uh, I would go Detroit, Philly, Dallas. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'm going to keep going on my trend here with the experience is really going to mean a lot. And I, you know, I, I think the Eagles team is still destined for that Super Bowl run. Right. Um, you know, we, we just had this conversation six, seven weeks ago. This was probably the best team in the NFL. And you were, you were shocked, um, if they didn't make the championship. Now, all of a sudden, you know, Christmas day, we're talking about San Fran's better than them. Lions are better than them. Dallas is better than them. 
what like what's going on? What happened? Right? They they lost a couple of games, right? They got smacked in the mouth against San Fran. They lose to Dallas, you know, kind of got beat up. They did it to themselves in the turnover factor, right? They did just beat Dallas though a couple of weeks before that, right? And then they or lose Dallas to beat them. Where Dallas but they did beat them. They didn't. A win's a win, all right? Let's all keep right. it moving. Nope. Then they they lose to Seattle on a Monday night. They got to travel out west. Jalen Hurts is sick. All right. It is what it is, right? It happens. But I think when this when when the Eagles are gonna get in the playoffs, they're gonna start humming. They're gonna start moving. They're gonna be able to run the rock. They're gonna be able to hit AJ Brown. They're gonna hit Devontae Smith. Jalen Hurts is gonna look back to normal. The offensive line is gonna be back and healthy. Darius Slade is gonna be back. Secondary might be a little bit better. Big X factor for me, the defensive line has got to get back to what it was the first eight games of the year. If that doesn't happen, then this run isn't going to happen. That's the first thing. First and foremost, Hassan Reddick, you got to do better. You got You don't got to be what you were last year. You don't got to be the sack leader, but you got to get some pressure. Josh Sweat, got to stop, stop, stop going offside, my man. Just got to stop going offside. Get a little pressure. Jalen Carter, you got to get what you were back six, eight weeks ago when you were the dog down in Tampa Bay. That's what you need to get back to. I think it all is going to come down to that front four, that defensive line, so then it eases up that secondary for them. And I still think they're destined for the run. I think if they had to go to Detroit, they're beating Detroit in Detroit. I think they're the only team out of every team in the NFC that could actually go into San Fran and be San Fran. They're the only team. That's it. Maybe Maybe. And the only reason I say this is because they are division foes. I think the Rams could also. Just because of division vote, you've seen them before. But I don't think I don't think the Lions going into San Fran is going to beat them. I know Dallas going in there won't beat them. And any other team ain't going to happen. That's my sense. All right. So what's your so you're going San Francisco, then Philly, or you have Philly as your number one? No. San Fran's still number one. <laughs> still number one. But it's. I think the gap's a lot closer still for me than you. I think the gap – there is a gap, but it's way closer. Um, and it's the Eagles. And then I would say – I would actually say Dallas and the Lions. I, I think that's the limit. Well, we're going to see that Dallas-Detroit matchup on Saturday. We are. We are. And it's going to be in Jerry's world. So you damn well know the Cowboys are going to play well. Yeah. Make it turns so. into a shootout. <laughs> Take the over. Take the over in that one. It is actually one of – I think it's the highest over-under game of the year so far. I think it's at 55 or 52. Is it? Yeah, it's one of 53, the highest – 53 and a half. Yeah, so it's one of the Take, highest um, – That has so 31, 20, 28 written all over it. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. So. All right. So let's just do a quick roundup of a couple of the other games just to give you some scores. We won't dive into it, but Detroit won their division for the first time since 1993. Joe and I weren't even born yet when the Motor City were crowned champions. So shout out them as they took down Minnesota 30 to 24. Um, Then other important games, the Broncos were basically eliminated as they got choked as New England went went in there and won 26-23. The Green Bay Packers somehow pulled off of somehow figured out a way to almost lose to Carolina. They as they held on 33 to 30. And then the Seattle Seahawks find another way to win late as they took down the Tennessee Titans 2017. And then our guy, Joey Flacco, Mr. MVP, 
right? You're hearing it here first, 36-22, as he threw for 368 and three tutties against Houston. All right, let's play a quick game. I'm going to list off some teams. You're going to say contender or pretender, Joe. All right, we kind of did Kansas City already. You already said that they're a contender, so we'll take them off of this list. But what are they for you? You never answered you, though. What are they for you? Sounds like to me. They're a contender still. Patrick oh, Mahomes. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes means everything. <laughs> All right. Nick, first up, the Jacksonville Jaguars, contender or pretender? They're a pretender for me. They are also a pretender for me as well, especially now with Trevor Lawrence and the shoulder injury. I think it uh think that has maybe written their ship and they might not even win the division. Yep. That's fair. I think they might. I think Houston's got a great chance of winning the division if Stroud comes back. Um, next up, the Dallas Cowboys contender or pretender? I'll give them the contender factor just just for the fact that they are still an eleven and four team, right? And they're or ten and four, ten and five team, and mm-hmm. they do still have a high powered offense and. And they do have one of the best defensive players in the league, and Micah Parsons as well. And uh, you just got to give him some credit when credit's due. I mean, nobody wants to, but you got to. Um, so I'll say pretender or contender. I'm sorry, key tender. What do you what, 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 contender, pretender? I don't know what you're saying. You're kind of jumping the question, there, Un, pal. <laughs> untender, untender. All right, they're a pretender for me, and parts of that that's partially a personal bias, but they're also fourth on my rankings. So pretender. Yeah. Um, next up, the Buffalo Bills, contender or pretender? Um, they are a contender now, and I actually will say this. They made one hell of a move when they got Joe Brady now as their offensive coordinator. If it wasn't for that, like, they probably would have not made the playoffs this year. Wouldn't even have had a chance to make, make the playoffs this year. Josh Allen, like, was not looking good at all. All of a sudden, he changed the offense around a little bit and uh, kind of implemented the throwing uh, to the running back way more out of the backfield, and it has showed and helped this offense tremendously. So I will say contender. Agreed. Contender, 1,000%. Like you mentioned, they've unlocked James Cook. He is absolutely, like his last name, cooked since Joe Brady has come in. Absolutely phenomenal how he's playing. He does put the ball on the ground a little bit. That is his Achilles heel is the fumbles, but other than that, he's been playing absolutely lights out. And our last one is going to be our guy Joey Flacco in the Cleveland Browns. Contender or pretender? Oh, he's got himself thinking there. See, my thing is, is like, all right, where's that line at? Where that, all right, there's like. I, 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 I took the top three teams of each league out. So these are all four seeds and down, basically. If that makes sense, based off of these teams, contender or pretender. I think Cleveland's a contender just because of their defense will keep them in every game. I agree, but I think they – I'm going to say more on the flip side. I think they've lost a lot of people due to injury more recently now, and Flacco is still turning the ball over. 
it's not like he's like just game managing and it's like going to be two two tutties and no picks and like 250 yards. Like you're going to it's going to be a 325 game, three touchdowns, two two INTs for Joe Flacco. Oh yeah, it's right? the Brett Favre effect, baby, gunslinger mentality. But on the flip side, like I want to see him play against more of like a stouter defense, right? Like all right, he did beat Jacksonville, but Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence probably should not play in that game with the ankle injury. They just didn't look right. And Houston doesn't have like a great defense, even a good defense. They're average right. at best. Um, sure. So yeah, like if I mean if they go up against like I don't know, let's say the Chiefs or something of that nature, Baltimore, um, who's the two C? Miami. Like I don't think they're going to be able to win a shootout versus Miami. Like Miami's still going to get theirs. Right. right and and Buffalo. Let's say they got to play Buffalo too. They, they got to go to Buffalo. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't think Joe Flacco is going to be able to win that in Buffalo. Um. So, eh, you know, ebbs and flows. I I go more pretender though. I would say so. Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah. All right. So I want a quick little contender pretender. But how about our uh, our teams to look out for our our Rams and our Bills. Making us look good, making us look like we know what we're doing. How about that, huh? They they're scary. They're both of them are scary teams. I, I, they're hitting on all cylinders right now. Um, when the Rams played Thursday night, uh, la- uh, Thursday night this past week played the Saints, pretty single handedly beat them very early. Yeah. I mean, the game seems mm-hmm. a lot closer with thirty to twenty two, but the Rams like blocked the blocked the punt with like three minutes left and then scored real quick. But like the Rams like are winning ball games and they're a completely different team when um when Kyron Williams plays. Like Kyron Williams is almost literally like the MVP. It's been a for beast. Team. Been a beast. Yeah. Oh, it's been like it's unbelievable and that when he's in the lineup. And if I'm not mistaken, when Puka Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams has been in the lineup, they're like almost number one in every stat in terms of offensively. Um which is wild to think about. But uh but yeah, that's been going on there. So all right. Uh, quick one more question. We're gonna. I'm gonna list off a couple of these teams that are all at the bottom of the wild card. Give me the teams that are gonna be in or out of the that are in the playoffs for these last couple spots. All right. Uh-huh. So right now, the sixth seed is the Los Angeles Rams. The seventh seed is the Seattle Seahawks. Then you have Minnesota, Atlanta, Green Bay, and New Orleans. All of them fighting for two spots as they're all within a game of each other. Joe, who are the teams that are in, that will end up as the two teams that are in the postseason? Rams, Rams are in. You think the Rams went out? You think they beat San Francisco last week? Yeah. I don't. Oh, I don't take... know if they're going to have to though. Like they uh, might be in after this week. They play the Minnesota, Giants this week. Minnesota and Green Bay play each other this week, so that's a elimination game this week for those two. Where's it at? You know. It's in Minnesota. I I think it I think it's what it is. I think it's the Rams and I think it's Seattle. Rams is Seattle finish. Yep. I gotta go with the better quarterback play. Even though Jordan Love has been playing great, their defense has not been good at all this year, Green Bay. Especially the last couple of weeks. I think they have given up like I think there's I saw a stat. There's five or six quarterbacks that have had Perfect passer ratings against the Packers defense. Bryce Young being one last week now, mm-hmm. so you gotta you gotta be able to hold the defense to a, to a, an extent, right? Like Jordan Love has actually been pretty solid this year. Um, he's exceeded my expectations of what he would have been already, uh, but their defense has just not been. And I think Seattle, 
Uh, hopefully Devin Witherspoon will come back this week and play. Um, that'll give them a tremendous boost. And I just think the Rams are humming right now. So, Okay. And then on the other side, it is Buffalo, Indianapolis, Houston, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. And Vegas is technically in this conversation as well. Who are those teams that get in for those last two spots? We think Buffalo is already pretty much in. So it's kind of five teams fighting for one spot. I think, yeah, I think it's the Bills. I think they win. They'll handle the business versus New England. I'm uh, pretty much clinching yeah. that spot up. Yep. And then um, I I think I'm going to go with the Texans. I think Stroud's supposed to be back this week. Uh, hopefully he, you know, figures it out. And I'm pretty sure the Texans and Colts play the last week. Yep, in Indy, basically. It feels like that's going to be, unless both teams lose this week, it feels like that game's going to be the plan for the last spot. But but I, but it might not be, because it, it all depends also what Jacksonville does, right? Jacksonville, Colts, and Texans all have the same record. Jacksonville so, has Carolina this week. You don't think Jacksonville's going to win? No, I yeah, I, yeah <laughs> I, think, I think they'll win. And I'm assuming that Jaguars are probably going to have Tennessee the last week, I would guess. Correct. Usually you play te- – okay. Um, yeah, but the only – okay, so here's the thing, though. Carolina, I know it's Carolina, but Lawrence might not play this week. He's they said it's 50-50, yeah. It's so, going to be a game-time decisions from what I've been told. Carolina playing actually probably their best game of the year last week against Green Bay. There's a shot. Maybe they surprise them. They beat the Jags. Colts beat the Raiders. Or maybe Colts lose to the Raiders. Raiders have been hot. Yeah, that's also a huge game this week, too. Yep. Colts could lose to the Raiders. Texans could win. All of a sudden, they're leading the division right now. I mean, yeah. But I think it's going to be Houston. And then, I mean, I'm actually, what I'm going to tell you, I'm rooting for Houston and the Colts. I'm so in on that. I don't want the Jags in it, really. But Houston and Colts will be an exciting, exciting, um, you know, first round or, or teams to get in the playoffs in the first round matchup potentially between Browns Texans could be a big matchup, a rematch. And then, uh, yeah, and then Colts uh, would take on the number two seed, which would probably be Buffalo or the Dolphins. So, what are you saying? So I'm assuming same thing is what you're thinking. <sighs> Oh my god, I want I I just don't trust anyone else. I think this is more like who do you trust the least or not the the most, right? And who's who do you trust the most? And if you're going through these teams, right? Indianapolis and Houston, if you're picking out and then Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. And then like if you want it, Denver basically shut it down this week saying that they're benching Russ, so Denver basically said their chances are over based off of all the probabilities that they need to go their way. Um, Pittsburgh, they play Seattle this week. That's pretty much a play-in game for those two teams this week, right? Indy plays Vegas this week. That's a play-in basically for those two teams. Mm -hmm. And I I don't trust Vegas because what they showed me is that they truly cannot score the football unless they're playing the Chargers. Like that's it's just that it's just that they cannot score unless they play the Los Angeles Chargers. Like 
Yeah, and the other thing with the Bengals is they play Kansas City this week, and you know Kansas City's going to come out and, like, need the fire all and need the yeah, win. Yeah, because they, like... they still haven't locked up the division now. Vegas will hold the tiebreaker if both te- if they lose out and Vegas wins out. Oh, wow. Didn't even think about that, but yeah. So yeah. they Chiefs are still playing for something this week. Yep. So, and at that point, Pittsburgh and Seattle, that take the under in that one. That game might be 13-10 honestly um but yeah I, I agree i think i think houston's gonna be the team because i'm gonna take the t- quarterback i trust and right now that's been cj stroud all year so Minshew's played well he's had his moments but he's also the reason that they're losing games occasionally as well with that gunslinger approach and the defense just isn't has hasn't been as sound in Great. indianapolis yeah, yeah, agreed. I mean, the plus side is that they will be getting Michael Pittman probably back this week. Jonathan Taylor's now back. Mm-hmm. Um, they are starting to get healthier, um, you know, now back at the right time again. So, Lions, I mean, not the Lions, the Colts definitely could be a little scary team to see. It just all come down to Garter, though. You know, like, yeah. what are you going to get out of him? So, 100%. So, um, before we wrap it up, Blaine, we got MVP talk. We got to talk here, right? Uh, okay. You know, especially after the change now of uh, the tides change, right? Brock Purdy was the favorite to win it all coming into uh, Monday night against the Ravens. All of a sudden, he throws four picks, has one of the worst games of his career, if not the worst game of his career. His sure. odds shoot drastically down the board. He is now fifth favorite uh, in the MVP racing, according to Fandle uh, here. And uh, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson has taken over as the favorite. Uh, followed up by Christian McCaffrey, Tua, and Josh Allen. Um, Blaine, do you think Lamar deserves to be the MVP this year, or would you give it to somebody else? I would give it to somebody else. I think it's – they will never – I think a quarterback – it's now a quarterback award. But if if you're defining your most valuable player in the NFL right now, it's Christian McCaffrey. What he has done, he is – the engine for the San Francisco 49ers. And he does it all over the field. He's in the run game, the passing game, like you, we mentioned as we opened the show, he's going to get his whether or not, and he's going to impact the game in so many different ways. When he's on a pass route, he's the one that's getting Kyle Hamilton shadowed him half of that game. Like you have to put your, arguably your best defensive player on him. That's what the Baltimore Ravens did by putting Hamilton on him in man to man. Like, mm-hmm. think about that. The man is a wide receiver and a running back combo that we've never seen. And he does it all for his football team. And if you really need him to, he'll go out there and do the kick return or punt return too. The man was a beast return man in college as well. Like, if you need a massive return, I know they usually go to Debo in that regard now. But he can still do that as well. So, the award doesn't mean as much as what it usually used to be right because it's now basically such a quarterback heavy award it's going to go to the quarterback that's on the best team arguably in football and like how like Dak's been unreal this year right he's not even list not even on that list that I think you just read off right he's not even in that top five anymore because they've lost two games in a row so Just think about it. It's all about the best player on the best team. Don't get me wrong. Lamar is 100% up there. He was my pick to start the year. So 
I'll feel good about myself if I pick it right. But I think based off of what C-Mac has done this year, you have to give him his props and give him that. Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, I was talking earlier with a couple of buddies of mine and said, I feel like we haven't seen a running back dominate the game like this probably since AP, right? Like just yeah. go in and week in and week out, you know, being able to almost get you 100 yards on the ground. And AP really wasn't the big pass catcher coming out, but CMC is able to do that as well. So that's just an added bonus um, to what he brings to the San Francisco 49ers team. And like, don't get me wrong, like Brock Purdy, you know, he, he did what he had to do and he's able to pass the ball and pass it efficiently. And I think Kyle Shanahan has potentially found this quarterback that is able to run his offense and how he wants to run this offense, which is why it's making Brock Purdy look like the uh, MVP caliber quarterback that he is. But then you see games like you had this past Monday and you have four INTs and it's like, well, what the heck just happened? Meanwhile, CMC is still going over 100 yards on the ground and a couple yards um, in the receiving end as well. Um, yeah. yeah, Blaine, I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Like, I think it's CMC, but um, the person prior to this before his injury, and I think that's what essentially is the engine for Miami is Tyreek Hill. I think when Tyreek Hill is not on the field, they are a borderline wild card team. To tell you the truth, um, Tyreek Hill is is such a game changer in the game and what he can do at the wide receiver position. There's nothing like it. Don't get me wrong. You have great you have great wide receivers. We have seen so far Justin Jefferson, you know Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, AJ Brown, right. And they're your, like, prototypical wide receiver, good route runners, big guys, able to get balls, decent speed or quick speed enough. But Tyreek Hill's speed and the way he can cut and just, like, what he can do for that team and any team alone is what is the difference maker um, for specifically this Miami Dolphins team. And, you know, on the flip side, you're kind of seeing what the problem now is is with Kansas City with missing Tyreek Hill finally now. Um, like it's just unbelievable. Like when I was watching the Tennessee Titans game on that Monday night when Miami played them, and Tyreek hurts his ankle and kind of missed the second half. Um, you know, that's kind of a reason why Tennessee was able to beat them is they just did not look the same. They did not look the same at all. Um, you know, with that, they were trying to run the ball with Raheem Moster and he, they were just getting clocked up because safeties were able to not have to play 25 yards deep. Like they were able to come up and play their normal position at right. that point. So I know he got injured. I get it. But for me, it's still Tyreek Hill. Like I still think Tyreek Hill is the MVP because um, what he can bring to let alone the Miami Dolphins. But if you put him on any team, he probably is the wide receiver one on any team he goes to. So that's what I would think. I think it's a fair assessment. And now basically this injury, he also, even with him playing in that Dallas game, he didn't look right. Like you can yeah. tell, even though he's missed a week and the week before against, he got hurt against Tennessee, right? Then he didn't play. Um, oh, who they play in between Tennessee and Dallas? I can't remember. The yeah. Jets. But the Jets are so bad, right? You could still get yours. That's how in that situ situation and then again last week even with him back he still didn't look at and he still hasn't practiced again this week right so you still don't know what you're gonna really get that ankles really derailed his chances of breaking calvin's record and i think that's kind of ship has kind of sailed now 
unless he goes absolutely berserk these next two weeks, and he goes against two pretty good defenses in Baltimore and Buffalo. So it's going to be extremely difficult. Correct. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, I guess let's talk about it as the real world it is. It's the quarterback award. Um, you know, do you think Lamar should be it, or do you believe it's another quarterback potentially that we just haven't talked about? I think Lamar should be it based off of the quarterback pedigree, right? I think he's not on he's not gonna have the year that he had when he won it that first time, right? In 16, I believe. Uh-huh. The numbers aren't as there there as much. But I think the way Baltimore has used him is completely different than what they were using him in 2016, right? He's not running as much. That doesn't mean when he has to turn on the Jets, he can, right? On that third and 20, he freaking got 35 yards scramble out of it. Like he still has that raw potential. But I and basically he looks more of a fundamentally sound passer, the best he's looked in his career. And that's what happens when you finally give your quarterback some weapons to throw the ball to. Right. Zay Flowers has looked absolutely phenomenal. OBJ has been hit or miss in and out. But Bateman's been a good piece. Aguilar has been a good piece. I think the four that wide receiving group, I mean, they are speed kills out of those four guys. Right. You have four speed speed demons on the outside. And then you had Andrews. You don't have that. Isaiah likely, though, no scrub in his own right. A very solid number two. He's probably a number one on a probably a third of the teams in the NFL. And he's a number two in Baltimore. So I would get out at the lean Lamar. I think he's earned that right with how he's played and how this team has looked this year. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's a fair assessment, right? You, you, you take Lamar out of this team. I, are they – what eleven and four? I, they I they lose. So. They lose about three or four more games. Yeah, I, I think that's fair enough to say. But I think on the flip side, I, I'm going to go with Josh Allen. I, I think he has really turned it around over these last six weeks, eight weeks. And to me, he really could potentially win it is if he takes over that AFC East, um, especially if he beats the Patriots and then ends up beating the Dolphins and say the Dolphins lose to the uh, Baltimore Ravens this week. I think you gotta be, um, you gotta be considerate with that. You know, he will now have the second overall seat. Okay, he's one behind, you know, uh, Baltimore, but he's played really well these last six to eight weeks, and and he's the Josh Allen what we kind of expected, right? Like it's almost kind of like what you expected out of him. You know, at the beginning of the year, it's like, all right, you're gonna get potentially four thousand yards, you're gonna get a couple hundred yards on the ground, a couple touchdowns here and there. Um, and he and he did start out a little bit slower than we kind of expected, but last couple of weeks he has been cruising back to the old Josh Allen. So I'm going to go with Josh Allen and and to say that maybe they have a really good chance to get the AFC East. That's I think that's fair, completely fair. My pushback would be to you: Are you as penile on his turnovers because of how many he has this year? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a fair statement, right? Like you could, you know, you could say that because he did have a very turnover, especially that first half. It was it was brutal to say. I don't know if he leads the league in INTs right now. I'm not too sure. I think it's him and Sam Howell right now. They lead it tied. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but he's been playing better. Hasn't really turned the ball over as much now. Um, you know, so he has improved with that. So yeah, it's a fair point. You know, it's a fair point to bring up, and it's definitely something to consider with the MVP vote. But, uh, you know, in the end, well, I guess we'll see. 
especially when it comes with him in the AFC East, if he can win it or not. So, completely fair statement. Completely fair. I think those two have kind of separated themselves from from a quarterback standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think that, mm-hmm. like how you mentioned that Tyreek injury, two has come back to earth a little bit. Hasn't been having those crazy number games moving forward since the injury. So, and you can see how heavy reliant he was on Tyreek with like the 35% of his yards, I think going to him, something crazy like that for Mm -hmm. a considerable point of time. So yeah, I think, and then Dak, I mean, like we kind of, I mentioned earlier, he's been playing great, but his last couple of weeks, he, he's still playing good ball. It's just not the elite level he was playing at and they've lost some games. So. Yeah, so, you know, we'll have to see what it brings come at the end of the year. That's all, so. It'll be Lamar. Lamar will win it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, that, kind of, uh, that kind of wraps us up, Joe, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's about all for us, folks. Yeah, we got uh, week 16 here, like uh, like Blaine said. we got. What, what game are you up. watching? What game are you watching? Uh, Miami and uh, Miami and the Ravens. That's a big one this week. We're watching. We're tuning in for your your fins. Uh, get, your fins getting her done. Your fins gonna pull off an upset this week in Baltimore. One would hope, right? One would hope. Um, yeah, there's definitely we've got a, at least we got some Saturday games. I kind of like this mix of the Saturday games. I don't know about you. I kind of like the mix. Um, Lions Cowboys are on Saturday night, which would be a good one to watch. Um, then we have the uh, Ravens and Miami. I believe that is a the early kickoff it's one o'clock right yeah one o'clock one o'clock game must be missing it somewhere yeah and so that's probably, yeah yeah in baltimore one o'clock game be a good one to start there uh um, raiders at the colts that'll be another good one at one o'clock yeah a lot of good one o'clock four o'clock games are kind of duds i'm gonna be honest with you um Bengals and chiefs were supposed to be the hype but there is no there's not much hype around it much anymore um guess that Steelers seahawks game but that game won't I don't know. Yeah, you don't so know what, you don't know what you're gonna get out of those two teams. Yeah, so good one o'clock games. Definitely check out that Saturday night game. Gonna be a, hopefully a shootout a little bit there down in Texas, and uh, you know we'll we'll stay tuned for there. We'll make sure we're locked in as well. Um, as always, folks, make sure you tune in to the final whistle here. Subscribe, like as always. Give Blaine a shout out for what he does here. You know, give him a shout out for what he does. And we'll be uh, back next week to discuss uh, potentially a better playoff picture. We'll have an idea and uh, maybe talk about some quarterback hot seats next week to see who might get cut, who you might extend, and who might be on their way out. So, Washington, blow it up. Washington, blow it up. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll take it easy. Have a good new year, and we will chat with you all later. We'll see you all in 2024.